Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like the show and think we deserve a five-star rating, and obviously we do, rate us and post a review. Also, although our main purpose in life is to entertain you, producing this show costs actual money, so please help out by going to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried and pledging your support to receive all sorts of goodies, merchandise, personalized roast, and shout-outs, advanced access to episodes, or personal messages from me, Gilbert Gottfried. And if we raise enough, maybe... I can finally get a new co-host. I'm thinking of the Scarlett Johansson robot. Top Cat, the most effectual Top Cat, whose intellectual close friends get to call him DC, providing it's with dignity. Top Cat, the indisputable That was Top Cat, if we all remember that cartoon. This is Gilbert and Frank's amazing, colossal obsessions. I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Now, Top Cat, we're playing because we just recently interviewed Marvin Kaplan. The late, great Marvin. And and what was his... Beanie or what he was Choo Choo. Choo Choo. Who was Beanie? There was I can't remember Beanie. who Beanie was. Yeah, but that I remember. Was, well, of course, uh, Alan Jenkins. I think was the voice of the uh, of of the cop. Oh yes, yeah. And was it Morris Maurice Gosfield? Oh, oh my God! Yeah, that uh, of uh, the fat one. Yeah, and of course Arnold Stang was yeah. top was top cat. Because this, in the same way, Maurice might have been Benny the Ball. Oh, that might have been it. In the same way that uh, the Flintstones were a blatant ripoff of the Honeymooners, <laughs> Top Cat was a blatant ripoff of Sergeant Bilko. Sure was. With uh, Arnold Stang doing his <laughs> Phil Silver's imitation. And uh, just Marvin Kaplan there. 
Our second guest, actually, that has passed in the course of this show since we've started doing this. Not bad for, yeah. a, what, 115, 120 episodes? You, usually they die right about a day after. <laughs> or when, we, they, when yeah. we first call. Yeah. We've only lost Joe Franklin and Marvin, and I consider that a success. Like Jack Carter agreed to do this show. Yeah. And then when it came time for him to do it, the, his manager goes, oh, you had to go in the hospital, and that was okay. Right. And ever since then, <laughs> whenever, yes. whenever we start to talk, or discuss we say get him now you say yeah, yeah. You say, i always say get him right the, now what's the wait <laughs> what's the hurry what he's only 97 for <laughs> god's sake you know how many guests we've had on this show in their 90s marvin didn't make it he was 89 yeah but al jaffe's 95 wow sonny fox is 90 or 91 dick van dyke of course. Oh, yes. I think Charlotte Ray, we haven't posted that one yet, but Charlotte Ray's coming up yeah. on it. Um, how old Larry is, Storch. How old is uh, Hank? Uh, Hank's 84. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, Hank's sharp. And Marvin was incredibly sharp. Marvin was, first of all, I remember talking to him on the phone first. When we booked him, he started calling. Yeah. Yeah. And... And he he sounds exactly like he did in the movies. <laughs> it's like, hi, it's Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was like, he would. I think he said, "Do I have to dress up for this?" <laughs> and I said, "No, it's a podcast. We just hear your voice." Yeah, I, yeah. I love explaining to octogenarians oh my and, God. And what, what a podcast is. And I barely and understand. You, ba- <laughs> you barely know now. And um, what was great about him, he was discovered by Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, he worked with everybody. And, yeah, worked with Hepburn and Tracy. Yes. And uh, Paul Newman. Oh, my God. And everybody. Yes. And everybody. And he ran the gamut from Charlie Chaplin to David Lynch. Yes. I mean, it was a long career. And, and of course, and the I guess maybe the only surviving member of Mad Mad World is there anyone? Well, else? there's Carl Reiner who was in a small oh, part, okay. and Barry Chase. Oh, and Jerry Lewis, right? Is, right, yeah. but he doesn't really have any dialogue except for that sound. He goes, that, <gasps> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. He rolls over uh, right. Spencer Tracy's hat in his car. That's it. I'm not sure Barry Chase talks. She's she's Dick Sean's yeah. uh, uh, dancing girlfriend. I'm not sure she oh has. Oh my God! There's the pouty one. Yeah. I'm not sure she has any actual dialogue. Like like a robot yeah. kind of. Yeah. She's around. Oh. We want to f- track down Barry Chase, and we're still chasing Mr. Reiner, and we we're, we're not going to give that one up. But Marvin remembered dates. He remembered. He was oh. telling us about auditioning for George Cooker, and he remembered yes. the bus he got on, <laughs> and the audition was at two o'clock. It was on the Paramount lot, actually two fifteen. Just incredible. Such a sweet guy. Oh, yeah. So genuine. Immediately likable. Yeah. I'm, I'm kicking myself because I didn't send him the social media, which I do a lot of times with the guests. I did it with Peter Marshall. Yeah. Because there was such an outpouring on Twitter and, and Facebook. You know, this guy's great. He's, yeah. he's sharper than me, and I'm 40. And I sent it to uh, to Peter and to his wife, and, and they really appreciated it. So from that point on, I've, I just shared – I didn't tell you. I just sent uh, – uh, all the good stuff that people wrote about Stuart Margolin, oh, all the yes. flattering things people wrote, I sent to Stuart because he was curious about it. And and now I've gotten into the habit of doing that with guests. And um, Orson Bean 
called us. That's and right. He said that's the most attention he's gotten in his career. That he the, the most feedback he's gotten in a long time yeah. about something was was the pod. So I've been I've been sharing stuff with Orson and uh, just kicking myself for not doing it with Marvin. I just didn't I just didn't get to it. You know, I, I didn't. Uh, I mean, at eighty nine, I suppose you never know. I didn't think he was in bad health. Yeah, he had trouble with his eyes, but he was pretty. He was pretty damn sharp. Totally. So I'm sorry we didn't reach out after we did the show, and it, and sent him. In uh, fact, it surprised me when I heard he died because he had such energy mm-hmm. on the show and remembered everything and such range. Every actor, every yeah. director, yeah. funny stories. And and Blake Edwards to you know putting his life at risk in the Great Race. Oh yes. But as um, uh, Mark Evernier posted on on uh, on his site uh, News from Me, which is worth reading, and I posted it, I reposted it on Facebook. He was a serious guy, Marvin. He was a very serious actor. Oh yeah. And he was a director, and he and he did Ibsen or 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 I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it it was Chekhov or something like that? I mean, he did he did very serious work, and he had a theater company. And he was working right up until the end. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny to imagine that he was uh, able to do drama because there was something so yes. inherently funny. Yes. His voice was yeah. funny. He, he looked funny. He was like a living cartoon character. Yeah. yeah. I, we loved him. And when we started the podcast, he was a, he was a name that came to us early. I remember having run into him at the Friars Club about 10 years ago, and we didn't get to talk, but I was... <laughs> you know, I, the people I get starstruck about. Oh, I, yes. I wouldn't be starstruck if I ran into George Clooney, but Marvin Kaplan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we put him on the list, and it was just, it was wonderful that we got to him. Yeah. And and so many people wrote, thanks, you know, oh, thanks, as, as Gil's cell phone goes off. Uh, yes. It's Marvin from oh, the yeah. beyond. Yes. Yeah. Here, let me just. But the, the the fact that we were able to get to him and so many people wrote thanks for, for, for get, letting him tell his story. And I'm sure it's the last interview he gave. I think so. And I was, I remember I had mixed feelings. One said he went, but yeah. then two, I thought, oh, thank God we got him. Yeah. And like I said, not to be self-aggrandizing about this stuff, but that's, that's, you know, we don't want to lose Marvin, but but uh, the fact that we got it, the fact that we were able to get the stories, yeah, and 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 introduce other generations to him and to his work, makes this. Uh, it's one of the reasons we're doing it. Yeah, and it's like the when whenever I get these tweets of like, you know, people in their twenties mm-hmm. will go, "Oh, I really liked Marvin Kaplan." I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, somebody, yeah. A, a manager friend of mine in L.A. wrote to me and said, that's my favorite episode, Marvin Kaplan. <laughs> yeah. So go figure. Yeah. So we have to talk, as long as we're we're doing a little bit of, uh, we're doing memories here and a little bit of an in memoriam, we, we should talk about the late, great Jerry Silberman, who we just lost, born in Milwaukee, a Jewish fellow. <laughs> By the name, you wouldn't have known. No. Yeah. Uh, Gene, Gene Wilder. <laughs> Who uh, who passed on um, last week, and uh, you worked with him briefly. Yes. There's a picture and on Facebook. Yeah. I see it of you and Mr. Wilder and Mr. Pryor. Yes, I I um I just recently well I put that photo uh, up the day uh, Gene Wilder died, and um, it was I worked for two weeks on the last of the Wilder Richard Pryor films. Called another you, which right. we spoke about with uh, with Peter a fired, fired director, Peter fired Bogdanovich. Peter Bogdanovich, right? 
And then I remember my agent saying, well, he's been fired, but you'll start work again. I'll give you the date. And then they wound up firing more people, of which I was one of them. And they scrapped old previously shot footage. Yeah. And and came out with a bomb. It would have been a bomb no matter what. It uh-huh. was horrible. But it's so funny. I put up this picture of me with my arms around Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. And I, I put it on my website. And, I mean, it blew up. Yeah, I mean, I'll the bet. amount of retweets and likes and... The funny thing is now I look at that photo and I go, oh, my God, I've got my arms around these two. And back then it was, you know, two sure. guys I was working sure. with. Did you did you have did you spend quality time with him? Did you talk to him? I I spent I think I was spent more time with Brian. Uh-huh. I think Wilder was kind. He was more quiet and reserved. Another serious guy. Yeah. Another serious comedian. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, thought of himself as an actor, not a comedian. He but. he didn't strike me as a guy joking around on this set. Right. Jerry Silberman from Milwaukee, our friend Gino's hometown, and took his name from Thornton Wilder. One of his favorite writers, yeah. and apparently, if this is to be believed, a character Gene from this uh, from the, um, the the Thomas Wolfe story, Look Homeward Angel. So that's how Gene Wilder. Oh my God! Came to be. A- another thing that pops into my didn't, I, didn't identify him uh, as as very Jewish. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> he said he felt like a Jew when he was around Mel Brooks and Zero Mostel. <laughs> Pretty impossible yeah. not to. Yeah, but he followed the golden rule. I saw an interview with him. But I I remember three stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that Jackie Gleason, uh, Jan Murray, and Gene Wilder, all their their mothers died at a pretty young age. Yeah, his mother had a bad ticker. Yeah. She had a bad heart. And I heard like... Jackie Gleason, his father would take him to vaudeville shows, and then he would go back and make his mother laugh. Mm-hmm. I heard the same with Jan Murray. Interesting. He'd go to a vaudeville show or a movie and act it out for his mother. And I heard Gene Wilder, the same thing. Yeah. He, he'd see a movie and then immediately go home and entertain yeah, his mother. Yeah, with Danny Kaye and Sid Caesar impressions. Oh, yeah. To try to make his mother laugh. Yeah. I mean, what do you say about this guy? The 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 range. I mean, the kinds of things that he did. Um, we you know we've talked on this show about about young Frankenstein and you know we're we're Frankenstein obsessed. Oh yes. You know we've talked about Blazing Saddles. I'm going to see Blazing Saddles tomorrow night. Oh wow. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 31st of August, yeah. and tomorrow night Mel Brooks is introducing Blazing Saddles. Oh, wow. At, at Radio City, and, a bittersweet uh, time. Oh yeah, and doing it, and of course the producers and the gets pro- funnier each and the, time. You and see the producers, it. which he got because Anne Bancroft, he was he was appearing in Mother Courage, the Bertolt Brecht yeah. play with with um, with Anne Bancroft, and her boyfriend would come to pick her up. Yeah, Melvin Kaminsky, Mel oh, Brooks, wow. her boyfriend would come to pick her up, <laughs> and uh, and they they became friendly. He gave Wilder acting advice. Oh, wow. Can you, can you believe that? And then he said, I have this project for you. It's called Springtime for Hitler. And when I get the money, we're going to do it. And apparently Wilder thought, oh, yes, sure. Yeah. Sure, someday. Well, a musical so about ridiculous. Right, a musical about, sure, sure, someday <laughs> it will happen. 
And I but it did heard three years later. There, there's a really sweet moment in the producers, mm-hmm. which is unlike any other part of the movie, where he starts saying, um, you know. What bad thing did this man do? He called me Leo. Right. Everyone else called me Bloom. Right. This man called me Leo. Who did he hurt? And it was it's a really sweet moment. Yeah. And I heard that was Gene Wilder's suggestion. Really? Really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah, to make him more human. Well, we had the other Leo Bloom in here. We had Matthew Broderick. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> we didn't get we didn't get to Gene Wilder, and we we knew actually when we started the podcast. I think we had heard through through certain circles that he was not well. Yeah. And was a shy person, and and we didn't pursue it. But a uh, boy, you talk about it. I think I mentioned him as a dream guest. Uh, yeah. On a previous episode. He had been sick for a while. Yeah. But I mean, the and and he was. By the way, this I found interesting. He was doing Cuckoo's Nest, the play mm. with Kirk Douglas. Yes. When the producers came along, he was playing Billy Bibbit. Yes. The, the part Brad Dorff played in the and film. That was the the movie that Kirk Douglas was fighting for years. Correct. He wanted to make it. And his son movie. wound up producing it. Yes. Michael and Douglas. And getting Jack Nichols. Right. Yeah. Right. But but what range? I mean, Bonnie and Clyde, he has that small part. Uh, oh, the, yes. Uh, I've never seen Quaxer Fortune has a cousin in the oh, Bronx. I've seen that. You have with yeah. Margot Kidder? Yeah. He's, it looks interesting. He does an Irish bro. Yeah. He yeah, takes place in Ireland. A manure collector who falls yes. for an American exchange student. I'd yes. like to see that. I did see that. That's one of those nice little films. Okay. I'll, I will definitely take a There's look at that. There's another one. I, is it called The Frisco Kid? Yeah, sure. Where he's the rabbi. Yeah, yeah that one Harrison I know. Harrison Ford. Yeah, John Wayne was supposed to play the, the cowboy. Wow. But they, uh, they, they, were, they were chintzing him on the money. But I do like that one. Um, I like Start the Revolution Without Me. Oh, yeah. With Donald Sutherland. And he has a lot of range in that one. Uh, Victor Spinetti shows up in that one too, from from A Hard Day's Night. Oh yes, and and Orson Welles. That's a funny little film that's overlooked. Um, Donald Sutherland, boy, there's a guy we should get on this show. Oh yeah, who's done a lot of films. There's a guy that's worked constantly. Um, Frisco Kid, Robert Aldrich. I was I was just mentioning John Wayne, The World's Greatest Lover. Oh yeah, and and uh, and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, the adventure of Sherlock Holmes, smarter brother, which uh, which has Mr. Feldman and Madeline, oh, yes. Madeline Kahn yes. in it. And I was thinking we should get Carol Kane to oh come on God. the show. She's in the world's greatest lover yeah. to talk about uh, Gene, I, Gene Wilder. I remember once being booked, and and I did a cartoon episode with Carol Kane. Was she nice? Yeah, I remember we both started laughing about something. We should call her up. And she's, then they she's had been to here. separate Has us. she been here, Frankie? She's been here to record cartoons and oh, stuff. Oh, we yeah. should call her for she's sure. Really she's had sweet. a very interesting career. And she worked with Wilder in, um, in The World's Greatest Lover. We have to mention Willy Wonka. Oh, my God, yes. Willy Wonka, I think, is one of those films that when it came out, it wasn't a big hit, I don't think, but became. I think that's true. Yeah. I think that's true. I was reading interesting trivia about Willy Wonka. First of all, uh, Martin Borman. Uh, one of Hitler's henchmen shows up in Willy Wonka. Did you know that? No. There's a picture of Martin Borman on a newspaper. It's a trivia I found, and I I don't know much about that or why that is, but if any of our listeners can shed some light on that. Because Hitler asked for too much ah, money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Couldn't get Mengele. We're, we're all ears on that. And it's supposedly, and you don't know if what you read about on these websites or IMDb is factual or not, but supposedly Sammy Davis was interesting. Of course, he recorded The Candyman. Yes. Man, 
but was interested in playing the candy store. Uh, oh, uh, the see, candy, the candy see, shop owner. Now, now that would have been better because Sammy Davis's version of the Candyman is much better than Anthony Newley's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the one that was a hit. And we just have to talk. Running out of time here, but we have to talk about. Um, we have to talk about a little bit about Blazing Saddles and Young Frank. And finally, oh, Young Anthony Newley was a Jew. Was he? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But he, who was the guy who sung it in the movie? Uh, I'm trying to remember name? now. Eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sammy had the hit. Yeah. Because his was more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he performed it for years in his act. And also, Afterward. and then then he did the remake of Mr. Bojangles. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Let's talk a little bit about Blazing Saddles because we have talked on this show. Also, David Huddleston passed. Oh my God! From Blazing yes. Saddles. Yes. Since the big heavy set actor. And they also used him in the the uh, Matthew Broderick version of the producers. He was the judge. Correct. Correct. Because there's there's one part where. He, they find out he's married to Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. and uh, she goes, uh, "You two are married." And she goes, "He wouldn't, ma- he wouldn't have sex with me unless we were married." And Huddleston goes, "What a schmuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, David Huddleston was one of the townsfolk in the in the uh, along with the great John Hillerman. Oh my God! Who is still yes. with us. Oh, we gotta get him. Yeah, and uh, and some other uh, uh, some other great people, and uh, he was oh, the Big Lebowski, of course. Oh yeah. But he passed since since the last time we recorded. Speaking of Blazing Saddles, and uh, we had talked on this show about how Gig Young was cast as the Waco Kid. Yes. But but was uh, but was having a, but had a drinking problem. And but Dan Daly was cast first. Oh, wow. Which I found out in my research. The old hoofer. And Gene Wilder, this was supposed to have been the first Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor. Correct. Teaming. But Correct. But the, the studio was scared of hiring Pryor. Yeah, I think they wouldn't insure him because yeah. of because of the, the, the drug problem. But and, he wrote he wrote this. He, oh, yeah. Brooks put him in the writer's room. With Andrew Bergman and Norman Steinberg. Oh, yes. Norman Steinberg, future podcast guest. Mm. He has a bone to pick with you, by the way. <laughs> Which one? Who does I ran into Norman. <laughs> a great, great comedy writer, and we'll have him on the show. But um, but what a happy accident, because you, I'm thinking, I'm picturing Dan Daly, who was a good actor, a oh, song yeah. and dance man, and I'm thinking, okay, because Brooks was trying to cast... You know, actors yes. in those parts. Somebody that you would buy as an old gunslinger. It, it was basically, the uh, the idea of casting actors is kind of like what the producers of Airplane and Naked Gun right. realized. Right, right, Get real actors. Right, a guy that you would believe as an old, gun, as a retired, as a washed up gunslinger. Oh, yeah. And then he went to Gig Young and, and Dan Daly walked out uh, to, or had to do something else and, and Gig Young had a, had the DTs or was yeah, supposedly they, they foaming said, at the mouth. Yeah, they said Gig Young I think went as far as doing the thing where he's hanging upside down Right. and then he did the start cell. foaming at the mouth and shaking and Mel Brooks of course thought Oh, this guy's great. He's doing <laughs> an alcoholic. He's terrific. And then they had to rush him to the hospital. Yep. 
And he got on the phone with, with, with Wilder, and he said the next day I was hanging. I got on a plane, and the next day I was hanging upside down. Oh, yes. In the jail cell. And now when you watch it, I'm going I'm to see it tomorrow night. You can't think of anybody else. I it. know. It's, it's a, it, they're wonderful together. And he's so it, – it's funny because he's so different than he was in The Producers. Yes, yes. And the and the timing. I mean, the comic timing. Oh my God! Yeah. The, and the the, the, the just watch the watch the, the 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 chemistry that the two of them have. And I'm I'm sure it would have been a very different film with Richard Pryor. Oh, but Cleavon yeah. Little's pretty perfect, pretty damn good. He really is in in that part. And let's talk a little bit about Young Frankenstein, which originated with Wilder. And this is interesting because it's a Mel Brooks film that didn't start. That didn't spring from the, the imagination of Mel Brooks. It oh. was a Gene Wilder original screenplay. Yes. Yeah. And his agent, Mike Metavoy, at the time, pitched it to Brooks. And, and Wilder, I've seen numerous interviews with him with Brooks's reaction to it was, it's cute. It's cute. It's interesting. Uh, but he was lukewarm to it. And then uh, Metavoy kept uh, insisting, well, what about Mel Brooks? And Wilder apparently said, well, he's not going to do something that he didn't conceive. It's a long shot, oh, yeah. but they but they convinced him to do it, and uh, Marty Feldman and Peter Boyle were both repped by Wilder's agent. Oh wow! By Mike Metavoy. So it's another thing where everything just sort of fell into place. And I think, and I I don't know if this is factual as well. I think Brooks had his, I almost said had his eye on the hunchback part. Oh, but yeah, but the uh, but Wilder insisted that he stay behind the scenes, that he not because that's the one. Kind of Mel Brooks, the one Mel Brooks movie, but there's no Mel Brooks. Oh yeah, he's w- completely behind the scenes. And I'm trying I, to think of what would it have been like with him as the Hunchback, yeah. and not Marty Feldman. And I, I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah, but I was always glad when Mel Brooks popped up. Oh yeah, but it, was, it pops yeah. up as as, yeah. as Governor <laughs> Lepetamane in uh, in Blazing Saddles. He's hilarious. Oh yeah, and the Indian chief, <laughs> the, Indi- the 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 warrior that speaks Yiddish. Um, but I have the uh, I have the uh, the original Wilder screenplay, and it's fascinating because oh, wow. most of what's in there is in the movie. And they famously bickered; they famously fought over the um, the putting on the Ritz. Oh yeah, scene. And and Peter Boyle, you know, when you put aside all the comedy, actually gave a good performance Terrific. as the monster. Terrific. And it's one of those movies we've talked about commitment, and we've talked about actors who play comedy as drama. That's a film where everything is played yes. so with such deadly seriousness, and it's why the parody works. Oh yeah, the, the same example you just gave about airplane. Oh yeah, yeah, and and as a and as a as a uh, as a Frankenstein fan, as a as a oh, oh my god, yeah, as a fanatic about the old Universal films, you know the story of how he found the guy Kenneth Strickfadden. Brooks found the guy, and he still had all the old stuff oh, in his garage. Wow, I I remember Strick Fadden. Yeah, they yeah. used his stuff in all of the original movies. Well, when they were making the film, Brooks found that he was still alive, and they looked him up, and they went, and he had the stuff in his garage. Oh my god! And that stuff, the 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 laboratory, the laboratory equipment yeah. is is uh, is authentic. Oh my god! Maybe yeah. not from the first Frankenstein, but certainly from one of them. Yeah, and it may be from maybe it may date back to the original. And and. What I love about I think Strick Fadden was like just he was an artist. Yeah. And that was what he was into, making these things that flashed and and then uh, someone at Universal saw that and said, Okay, this is uh, it's the original stuff. And what can you say about that movie, Kenneth Mars? 
Oh my God! Cloris yeah. Leachman, who we have to try for. Um, terrific. Uh, Terry Gar. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Madeline Kahn. I mean, even the small roles. Oh yeah. There's 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 just. Oh, and and let's not forget the unbilled appearance from Gene Hackman. And Gene Hackman. As the blind I almost man. forgot that, yes. Because Gene Hackman was a Mel Brooks fan Correct. and wanted to do it. Correct. It's <laughs> it's just, it's a flawless comedy. And we'll mention, um, too, a, a Silver Streak, because uh, it was directed by Arthur Hiller, who also passed oh, away. Oh, yes. Since, since, we've, uh, since we've last recorded. And I don't think we called him. We didn't call Arthur no, Hiller. No, no so I wanted him. He was a, on the list. It's amazing. We're not responsible. He was on the list. So um, the last thing I want to say, uh, bringing it full circle about Wilder, is you asked Al Jaffe about um, kind of turning a life of tragedy into being funny. Yes. And and Gene Wilder had some hard knocks. Oh, yeah. You know? I know his mother died at a young age. And wasn't he in like a uh, put in a school? He was put in a school where he was uh, he was abused. Yeah, and uh, I I heard very like they and, hated the Jews. Yeah, there was some anti-Semitism yeah. and maybe even some physical abuse, oh, or yeah, sexual abuse. They would, yeah, they'd beat him up. Yeah, and uh, and then of course the 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 Gilda tragedy, and then he beat oh, yeah. he beat cancer himself. Yeah, uh, later in life, but um, one of a kind. You know well, what what can we say that hasn't already been and said about him? I I read a story. That he says when he first met Gilda Radner, there was like a kind of a flirtation mm-hmm. going on. She was married to yeah. the band leader. G. Smith, yeah. Yes. And uh, she said she remembers it because she says that Gene Wilder, you know, walked past her own point and rubbed his balls against her. Purposely? Yeah. Well, and he said, no, no, I never. It doesn't sound like the kind of guy. Yeah. He said, no, you're nuts. And Gilda said, no, they were your nuts. (laughs) I hope that story is true because it's wonderful. People should pick up the book, by the way. Uh, His his memoir, Kiss Me Like a Stranger, which is is terrific and sweet and and a great read. And also he founded Gilda's Club, which he deserved a ton of credit for. It's very important to mention, I forget which state, I think changed the name of it from Gilda's Club to some other title. Yeah. Because it wasn't relevant. Yeah, yeah. Heartbreaking. Um, see these films. Stir Crazy, written by our, written by Drew Friedman's daddy. We should throw in Bruce oh, J. Friedman. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, there's, there's the guy was a genius and and uh, and touched uh, touched my childhood. Uh, and and uh, you could look at the photo of me, Wilder, and Pryor mm-hmm. from another. You don't bother seeing it. The film sucked to high heaven. I think it was his last film. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think he just popped up in, uh, after that in a, whatchamacallit, that thing with Deborah Messing. That was Will and Grace. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else he episode. did after that. There's some, that there, there's some good interviews. I think he won an Emmy oh. or was nominated for an Emmy. But when he didn't show up for that Mel Brooks AFI tribute last year, when he wasn't even on video, oh, yeah. I figured that... that he, he, he had really taken a turn for oh, the worse. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember hearing rumors years ago. Yeah. And he stopped appearing anywhere. Yeah. We'll okay. just w- want to end here. And, and uh, this has been Gilbert 
and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions. We've been talking about Marvin Kaplan and Gene Wilder and David Huddleston. David Huddleston. David Huddleston. <laughs> fuck him. He's dead. <laughs> Some tribute. Thank you, Frankie. We'll see you next time. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be In a world of pure imagination Take a look and you'll see Into your imagination We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it. Want to change the world There's nothing to it